Rhea struggled with the zipper on her halter choli blouse. Yet again, her designer had ignored her and made the heavily embellished garment far too snug. She sucked in a breath and gave the tiny metal zipper another yank. This time it complied and slid into place under her arm. She adjusted the choli so things weren't pushed up quite so much, hooked the halter straps around her neck, and then pulled on her gagra. The full ankle-length skirt of cream silk was much more obliging and slid easily around her hips. Another wave of music and laughter seeped in through the door, and her already nervous heartbeat sped up. The party was in full swing downstairs. The celebratory sounds had shaken her awake an hour ago. She must have looked really pathetic when she arrived that morning, because no one had come up to wake her when the party started. She'd almost wept with relief when she'd seen Nikhil at the airport that morning. It had been the journey from hell. Some psycho-terrorist had brought all of Heathrow Airport to a standstill, and it had taken twice the usual 18 hours to get from Mumbai to Chicago. At home, her aunt had fussed and fed her while Nikhil teased her mercilessly about being such a wimpy traveler. The sound of their beloved voices reverberating against these familiar walls had kneaded all the tension out of her, and she had fallen asleep right there on the couch. She vaguely remembered Nikhil leading her up the stairs. It reminded her of the countless times her uncle had carried her up after she'd fallen asleep in the car driving home from all those weekend dinner parties. She blew the hair off her face and threw herself back on her bed. Her bed. Uma Atya had gone overboard with the girly furnishings when Rhea had first come to spend the summer with them when she was eight years old. Until then, Rhea had never seen so much pink. The house she had once shared with her father in Pune, the home he had banished her from, was overridingly gray. Her boarding school was grayer still. The color of Rhea's childhood had changed from gray to pink in this house. These brightly colored walls had held within them enough warmth to heal even the most broken child. She stared at the frilly canopy that floated above her. Tiny wrinkles crisscrossed the faded pink flowers, and Rhea knew her aunt had washed and reattached the canopy in preparation for her visit. She crushed the matching comforter against her nose and sucked in a deep, drugging breath, lemons and lavender and sleep. She had craved this smell, this bed for so long she never wanted to leave it. But Nikhil was waiting for her downstairs. Today was the engagement ceremony, the kickoff to the wedding celebrations that had reduced her fearless hero of a cousin to a nervous wreck. She remembered the relief in his voice when she'd agreed to come home for the wedding and kicked herself for the hundredth time for having hesitated in the first place. Just come home. Everything will be all right, he had said on the phone that day. She trusted Nikhil with her life, and he worked miracles every day, treating children no one else would go near, in places most people wished didn't exist. But even he couldn't pull off a miracle like that. She dug her elbows into the mattress, pushed herself off the bed, and dragged herself to the bathroom, ignoring the pull of the bed and her weak-willed legs that wanted nothing more than to succumb. She had already washed her hair twice, and dried it, now she flat-ironed her already straight hair one section at a time, until it took on an unnatural sheen. Vikram had loved her hair, loved to tangle his fingers in it, press his face into it, tug at it when he teased her. She rolled it tightly into a bun and poked in pins to keep it in place. Keep your mind where your hands are, 
her aunt always said, and the future will take care of itself. It wasn't working. The future she'd been dreading since Nikhil's phone call was here, and it was far from taken care of.